Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And today we'll be doing our dive into the entirety of the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, Corwin's going to go over some drafts that he thought were particularly impactful for those teams. And we'll look at some trades and where teams were last season and how their draft possibly could could be a uh, indicator for the, any potential fixes they were going for in an attempt to improve for this upcoming season. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. In addition to that, we are recording this on uh, April 30th, 2019. It's 9.30 p.m. here on the, on the East Coast. And I'm saying that because tonight, in a mere 10 minutes... Karsten Charles Sabathia is going to try to is going to be pitching for the New York Yankees and is a mere three strikeouts away from three thousand, which is an enormous milestone. If he gets it, which if he doesn't get it in this start, it will definitely happen at some point during the season. He'll be one of how many how many pitchers, Corwin? Do you think have done this? Uh, four. All right, so it's more than four. Okay, <laughs> I have no idea. Sixteen. Okay. In the history of MLB pitching, with the crazy like 27, 22, you know, all those numbered length careers that we've seen, 16 people have done it. So CC would become number 17 on that list. Um, the only other person I think has a decent shot of doing it would be possibly Justin Verlander in a few years. But uh, I say this because I will be intently watching this Yankees game, and there is a small but present chance. I cry. <laughs> I love uh, him I so much. I love him so fucking much. So <laughs> I will be giving periodic updates on that. But in the meantime, until the tears start flowing, let's get into today's topic. Um, Corwin. Yes. Why don't you, uh, l- let's get started with, 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 with the, the five drafts you thought were particularly impactful for those teams. All right, so there's five teams here that I thought did excellent in the draft that I wanted to kind of call out. Uh, They're somewhat in an order. I'm not going to say that this is a ranking, but generally I'm going to start with the best teams and then with the less best teams. Anyway, let's hit it off with the Washington Redskins. I know we talked about them during the first episode being being able to grab Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat. Uh, in the third round, they were able to grab Terry McLaren out of Ohio State, guy who just his stock blew up during the pre-draft process. Wide receiver, at the Bowl. yes, wide receiver. In case you're like me and don't know college athletes at Oops, all, that's on me. Um, but I love that they are just in desperate need of receiver help. They were able able to grab a guy, uh, Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver out of North Carolina State, in the end of the sixth round which was a huge drop from what uh, almost all of the um, mock drafts uh, kind of had a consensus about him going in the first two rounds. Uh, not oh, sure wow, why he fell. Oh, wow, that's a huge drop. Huge drop. Um, they used a compensatory pick on him, too. That's crazy. Yeah, so he he is a monster of a wide receiver, but just had some drop issues. So I'm assuming it had something to do with that. They were also able to grab Bryce Love, former Heisman candidate, uh, and finalist to back up Darius Geis. Uh, in the fourth and fifth rounds, they were able to, able to grab Wes Martin and Rosh 
Ross Pieschbacher, Pierschbacher, however you pronounce it, uh, to shore up the interior line. Um, and we're able yeah. to grab some defensive backups and depth in the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Um, I love this draft. I think they got a ton of positions that will really help spark that offense with their rookie quarterback they were able to grab some key defensive pieces essentially just Montez Sweat but regardless that offense is going to be majorly improved which I'm sure we will go into later Um, but I love this draft I love every aspect of it I don't think they had any terrible reaches I don't think they really reached at all in this draft Uh, maybe with Terry but we'll see about that I just think this is an all-around super solid draft that maybe Dan Snyder orchestrated we don't really know but regardless in my opinion best draft this year yeah um as you said we'll probably be getting into this later on but just looking since two of the main guys you brought up are a quarterback and wide receiver duo um for passing last season the Cardinals finished um in oops Fifth to last in um, total uh, yards, which is really not good. Um, they finished a full 800 yards below average. Um, they they had a really rough go of things in the, the air um, attack, which could change the season because, you know, they also have Case Keenum and, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a pretty decent shot. Dwayne Haskins doesn't start off the gun, but still mm-hmm. to have him there and to have him be um, a potent backup and and uh, prospect for, if not next season, later on in this season, I think, yeah, that this, this is this all around looks just from positional need, since I don't know these guys, this looks pretty fucking good to me, too. Ton of picks yeah, here, by I'm, the way. Ton of picks. Oh, yeah. I mean, that offense is going to be so different from the one we saw last year, um, whether it's Dwayne Haskins or... Um, Case Keenum behind center. They'll have Darius Geis back, who was, uh, I had as a first round pick last year, fell because of injury. They snagged him in the second round and then he tore his ACL. So he'll be coming back to really shore up that uh, running game with Adrian Peterson. Like I said, Hakeem Butler and uh, Terry McLaurin are going to be essentially two of their best wide receivers. They'll have Jordan Reed, hopefully healthy. This is going to be a wild new offense that we have not seen yet. Uh, it'll be exciting to see if the Redskins can compete in the NFC East this year. Well, yeah, I feel like the NFC East is such a riddle in of itself. It, it, it seems like no team wins it two years in a row. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. Uh, where do you think, out of curiosity, where do you think the Redskins finished in terms of uh, sacks last season? Because, you know, since they picked up Montez Sweat, oh, I mean, you you'd assume that their production would go up in some capacity. I mean, the only notable pass rushers that they had last year were Ryan Kerrigan and Jonathan Allen. I can't really think of any other key defensive players they have. So I'm going to say they finished somewhere around like 26th. So that's what I was thinking. And they actually finished 7th. Whoa. Yeah, they had 46. They had 46 sacks last year. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, that puts them squarely 7th, which... Really should be higher since um, number one should be a tie between the Steelers and the Chiefs, Detroit. and then number two would be a tie between the or number three. No, it'd still be three because ties 
cancel out a number. Then, yeah, the Vikings were and, and Bears were tied with 50 each, and then the Cardinals, oh, really? And the Saints were tied with 49 each. Um, and then, yeah, yeah then is, the Washington Redskins, 46 sacks last season. This is going to be a pretty fantastic defensive uh, front seven that they have. They have Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, and Montez Sweat at uh, <coughs> pass rusher. Um Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis calling out the, the Flemington native, um, shoring up that defensive line. Um, they'll have Reuben Foster and Ryan Kerrigan, out linebacker, Fabian Moreau. They have a ton of good – well, not to mention Josh Norman. They have a ton of – holy fuck, they have Landon Collins too. This is going to be a wild team next year. Holy shit. These, this team yeah. is going to win a lot of games. I mean, yeah, they're definitely setting up whoever their 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 quarterback is going to be in a good spot because even if the offense isn't rolling, to have your defense giving you under under a certain points per game is going to be so helpful to not have the offense feel like they're pressured to go out and score mm-hmm. every drive like seemingly the Rams and Chiefs had to do last season. But we spent a lot of time on the Redskins, so let's 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 hear your next team. All right, I have the first team to draft this year, the Arizona Cardinals. I thought their draft was fantastic as well. Uh, to add on to Kyler Murray in round one, we had Byron Murphy, who was my number excuse me, number one cornerback in the draft, uh, the first pick in the second round. They did reach on Andy Isabella, in my opinion, in round two, drafting a wide receiver there. Um, super speedy slot receiver. Um, we'll see how much he can uh, translate that speed to the NFL. They were able to grab Zachary Allen, defensive end out of Boston College, and the third, who is an absolute monster of a defensive player. Uh, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State, another monster wide receiver with just tremendous size and athleticism in round four. Deontay Thompson, who uh, a lot projected at the beginning of the pre-draft process to go in the first round. Um kind of lost some teams uh favor with uh poor tackling ability stuff like that um they grabbed him in round five uh another wide receiver in Deontay Thompson in round five another I'm sorry that was the safety Keyshawn Johnson they picked in round six at wide receiver um and then just short up basically their offensive and defensive line six seven three picks in round seven and uh, in round six so I thought they had a great draft um, they did reach on Andy Isabella, but the other players that they were able to snag, I could see this being another team that really starts to turn their win-loss uh, percentage around this year. Well, I mean, that wouldn't take much since uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna be hard. they were pretty much rock-fucking-bottom last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about the Cardinals plenty this offseason so far because, uh, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you know. How could you not with that kind of season? And I'll I'll stick by my guns in saying that I, I, I think coaching changes is probably going to be the biggest thing for them. Uh, on paper, this, again, I don't know college players so much, but based on positional groups, really, honestly, the Cardinals are in such a bad spot, any injection of talent is going to be helpful to some degree. So, uh, exactly. yeah, sure, I, I can accept this. Let's see. Moving on, uh, the Patriots. I thought the Patriots had a great draft, as much as I hate to say it, and I'm sure as much as you hate to hear it. Um, I'm used to it. Nikhil Harry in the first round is exactly what they needed at wide receiver. 
Um, he's essentially a Gronk-sized wide receiver with better catching ability, uh, but significantly worse blocking because he's a wide receiver. Um, Joe Juan Williams, Joe Juan Williams in the second. Um, not my favorite cornerback. That's how they a, spelled Joe Juan? They put yeah. two names together? Oh, my God. That's awful. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Juan. <laughs> the fact that I even said it the first time I saw it as Joe Juan. Whatever. There'll <laughs> um, definitely be depth at cornerback uh, for them. I trust Bill Belichick knowing how to prepare and draft cornerbacks, so I can't really hate on them too much for that. Uh, one of my favorite players they got in round three with Chase Winovich. Uh, great production at Michigan. Uh, people were worried about his athleticism, but I think he really at the combine proved people wrong. Um, Damian Harris is one of my uh Top running backs. They drafted him in the end of round three to kind of be the muscle behind Sonny Michelle, uh, especially in case if uh, that knee doesn't hold up. Uh, Yadni Kajust in round three uh, is basically their left or right tackle of the future. Uh, he had some injury and uh, athleticism concerns coming into this, but his technique is top notch. Uh, Jarrett Stidham in round four, they're future franchise quarterback. I feel like we say this every couple of years, but I loved him in the process. Uh, I can't wait to see what he can do after learning from Brady. Um, but all around, they have some other uh, players in here, not quite as big of names, drafted a punter, kind of a big deal. But I think this is a great draft for the Patriots. They really were um, able to draft uh, marquee players and impact players with all of their picks. So, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, I'll say I'll say the same thing I said about the Cardinals, where I mean, it comes down to coaching, and that's just because Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of our generation, and you could have put any names here, and I would be like, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. So, yeah, as much as I hate to say it, uh, yeah, I, I I believe you when I when you say this is a good one. All right, moving on to the Carolina Panthers, they really didn't have as deep of a draft as some of these other teams, but they got some of my favorite players doing it. Uh, Brian Burns fell to them at pick 16 around one. He was uh, probably my favorite edge prospect. Not the best, but my favorite to watch. Uh, just incredible bend. Greg Little at tackle in round two. He's just one of these massive tackle talents that uh, desperately fills a need for the Panthers at left tackle with, uh, I think it's Ryan Cahill there. Khalil there uh, currently. Uh, Will Greer, my favorite quarterback to watch in this draft. Uh, definitely will fill in uh, if Cam Newton has any more injury concerns. Uh, there's already some rumors that he might not play this season, uh, which would mean Will Greer time in Carolina, which I'm not against. Christian Miller in round four, an edge rusher out of Alabama. Not the most athletic, but he's definitely going to be a good depth piece for them, uh, especially since they need it. And then another favorite pick of mine is Terry Godwin, wide receiver out of Georgia in round seven. Um, there was a lot of really good wide receivers that fell really late in this draft and even went undrafted. Um, I thought he was one of the better ones. I really like his route running technique and stuff like that. So. Uh, overall, I, I do just really like this Carolina Panthers draft, even if it might not be the most uh, value pick-wise. 
that was a bad sentence, but we're going to roll with it. Uh, they did grab some of my favorite players. I'm going to talk about the Panthers in a second, but 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 Zach Greinke just threw a 68-mile-an-hour a curveball to Gary Sanchez mm. that he just barely fouled off by accident. Well, not on accident, but, like, right. it just – he fouled it off, and the camera zoomed in on his face, and he had the most confused smile on his <laughs> face because, like, a 68-mile-an-hour curveball is just goofy. Like, no one th- no one throws it that slow. <laughs> Oh, I love Zach Granke, the pitcher. He's so much fucking fun to watch. Um, anyway, <laughs> that that aside, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I really don't know much about what, what goes on in Carolina. I never watch their games. They're out of conference. Um, so uh, as, as, as an AFC fan, I don't really get to watch them. Um, the, in, in their, their, their first five picks are two edge rushers, a quarterback, a offensive lineman, and a running back, and those are... F- those are- those are three things you usually need a lot of. Four things you usually need a lot of, and and uh, they they all seem at least from positional logic standing like great calls. Um, we'll see if Riverboat Ron can figure out a way to do it all right. But I mean, this all seems to make sense, especially if um, Cam Newton does end up missing a little bit of time. That having having someone of of a a quarterback you you you're looking to see succeed to some capacity more so than just picking up like a journeyman as a backup is is a respectable decision. Perfect. All right, so let's move on to the final team I have here under best draft, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, with Ugh. an added part of their free agency class. Um. They were able to pick up Andre Dillard in the first round, who most, not most, but a lot of teams had as their number one tackle prospect. Uh, jumped in front of the Houston Texans to snag him. Uh, he's basically their Jason Peters replacement, and I think he's going to be fantastic for them there. Um, not losing any talent crossing over. In round two, they grabbed Penn State running back Miles Sanders, who is going to be their bell cow back of the future. I think he's going to do phenomenal under Philly's system um that zone system is going to just really benefit him greatly with his kind of vision and jump ability I just love that fit later on four picks later they grabbed JJ Arcega Whiteside wide receiver out of Stanford uh, who was one of the best if not the best route running wide receiver there uh, they kind of needed some help with their receiving core, and I think he's going to uh, do great there as well. Round four, they picked up another Penn State player in Sharif Miller, edge rusher. Um, he kind of got outshone this past season uh, with an up-and-coming superstar in Yatur Gross Matos, um, but he was uh, one of our most consistent pass rushers. Not the most athletic guys, but, man, he is just going to be able to uh, produce – uh, especially as a rotational pass rusher for them. I think he's going to be great. Um, round five picked up Clayton Thorson to basically compete as their backup for this season. I don't like it. Uh, this is kind of why I don't have them hired, just because I just, I'm just i not a fan of Clayton Thorson as a prospect. Uh, doesn't really have any of the super high-ceiling traits that you would want. Never really had the production um, at Northwestern, but it's not a position of need. It's basically just to be their backup. And for that, I'm fine with it. 
Um, but looking at their free agent class, uh, they grabbed two more Penn State players in offensive tackle Ryan Bates and wide receiver DeAndre Tompkins. Uh, Tompkins is going to be at best a practice squad player for them. Uh, but Ryan Bates, I actually uh, think he should have gone on day two of the draft. Um, I really like what he brings to the table. Uh, just a super clean and technical offensive tackle uh, prospect. I think he'll um, make the practice squad, if not making the 53 as a uh, backup rotational piece for them. He played uh, both tackles in college. He was our best offensive lineman by far. Um I'm surprised he went undrafted, but I'm definitely glad the Eagles picked him up. Um, I want to see uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see. I want to see what the NFL does for his name on the back of the jersey, <laughs> because that sounds like a logistical nightmare. <laughs> so let's yeah. see. So that's he's gonna. Six, it's just gonna be a gigantic frown face. Twelve. He has 15, 16 characters in his last name. What do you think is more, that or uh, um, that guy from from the the uh, the Red Sox, um, uh, Salta La Machia? <laughs> uh, fuck, I have no Gerard, idea. Gerard Salta La Machia. Let's see, let's see how many letters are in are in this this stupid fucking last name. Um. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Ooh, it's close. Four, and then eight, and then twelve, six, uh, six. Yeah, no, fourteen, fourteen. Yeah, wow, wow. So this this will exceed that. And there's a hyphen in there too for uh yeah. for JJRC the, the white side. Character. Um, yeah, damn. My, the one I instantly thought of was former uh, Bengals Pro Bowl wide receiver TJ Husmanza. H O U S H M A N D Z A D E H for 14 total letters. That's a big boy. Husmanza. Yeah, I, I love looking at last names to start to, you know, like make a little hill on the back of a jersey as they uh like like the like the names tighter on the back and, and, and uh it's like it's like there's letters in the armpits. I think it's funny. Um yeah, man, I don't follow the Eagles in the slightest. Um they picked up people, um two of them went to Penn State, and then they picked up some more people who also went to Penn State and Four um total Penn Staters. Yeah, that that that's a lot of them, Beautiful. and those are your guys. So um, I true. I believe I'm not biased you. Biased in any way. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm, as with all things, I'm just gonna take your word that they're actually good at playing football. <laughs> um, but there they are, about to go do it. And um, sure, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Actually, I was looking at this article that uh, the Draft Network put out of uh, the 32, like one undrafted free agent from every team with the highest chance of uh, making a 53-man roster. And for the Eagles, it was, in fact, Ryan Bates. And then right below it, another Penn State player for the 49ers. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that program's really, really fully... That's been back, though, for like two seasons, right? Three? Yeah. They've kind of... The past two, three seasons when they've actually started putting out NFL talent again. It's been a while. Well, all right. What are we what what are we gonna do next year, Corwin? 
You want to talk about the worst drafts? Oh, I didn't realize that was an option. Yes, let's let's do that. I want to hear about that. Yikes. All right. So the New York Giants. Um, oh, you know is, it, is this the, the worst or is this fifth worst? No, this is this is the only team I have under worst draft. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah. Um, let, let, let's get into that. I just want to preface this with there's actually a couple picks on here that I really do like. Um, at the end of the third round, they picked up O'Shane Zimenez out of Old Dominion as an edge rusher. Uh, I loved him. I thought he was going to go uh, mid to early second. Um, just a super athletic, dominant edge rusher out of a small school. So hopefully he'll be starting for them this year, which I don't think would be a surprise. And then in the fourth round, they picked up Julian Love, a cornerback out of Notre Dame, who I also thought was going to go uh, early to mid-second round. Um, I was actually kind of hoping the Steelers would be able to pick him up. Um, but those two guys should be able to uh, perform for the Giants very early. Um, it's really just the first round and the sixth round that bothered me with this class. Um, the sixth round, obviously, because their player got shot and probably isn't going to play for them for a while. But that's not really something I can hold against the Giants. It was just a terrible incident that occurred, but nevertheless kind of affects their draft class um but the first round i just i don't like it um deandre baker i thought was a big reach especially trading back into the first round to grab him um i just thought there was multiple better options for them available uh, mainly byron murphy and greedy williams I don't know. I mean, they spent uh, a third-round pick in the supplemental draft taking a cornerback. Uh, they have a Pro Bowl cornerback there currently. I just don't know why the need to trade up for him uh, this year, especially since they do have you know good depth pieces at cornerback and they have much bigger needs on the table. Dexter Lawrence, I think, is a really great player, but I'm not sure how much uh, a defensive tackle is going to benefit this team in the long run uh, with other other better players on the board still. And, of course, just Daniel Jones going sixth overall is just... Uh, it's honestly just depressing. Um, this team is... If he doesn't work out, which I genuinely don't think he will... It's going to put this team back at least three, four years. And I just don't see how they can really look at this draft and be excited for their future. All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to save the Daniel Jones thing for, for the end because, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on, on Monday's show, but oh my, it still just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, in addition to things that don't make sense, though, is, is this idea... Why would a team that's rebuilding trade up in the draft? Like I don't it, get it's it. The opposite in of intuitive. any capacity, right? And so you could say to yourself, well, maybe the Giants don't think that they're they're. Let's not even say tanking. Let's just say um, looking towards the future, you know, or whatever. It's okay. not this season. Like it's not going to be this season. It's going to be future seasons beyond this season. And so, you, so let's say you don't want to say that the Giants are. Um, not attempting to field the most competitive team possible this year. You 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 can't even say that because they traded Odell. So well, maybe you'd say, well, they traded Odell because of character concerns. Well, then why'd you give him 90 million fucking dollars? 
Like, he's the yeah. same dude he was before the contract than he is after the contract. So that doesn't fly. Like, so then then they trade him to seemingly just to get picks because the return was too good to pass up. Well, you're making your team worse in the short term to benefit the long term, which also seems to run contrary to trading up in the draft, which sacrifices long-term prospects from draft capital to take a better short-term prospect in a higher draft pick. So that doesn't make any sense. Leaving aside the positional groups that they took, which is fucking mind-boggling, like, just the way that they're running the organization as a whole is so comically flawed that it there's no reasonable way to tie any of these together. And you can brush it all off by saying that they were just trying to get their guys, and we talk about this on Monday, too, and that's a bullshit reason, because you can say that about literally... You could say that about the when when the when the Raiders took Janikowski in the first. Yeah, they fucking got their guy. Still a horrible fucking decision, but yeah, sure, they got their guy. That's not something you should really be wrapping like, like resting your head on at night because that's that that that's a terrible, lazy excuse for making awful decisions. And they seemingly have no direction from up high because if they're trying to compete then they should have at least stuck out with OBJ for one more season to go right out the last year of Eli's contract and then traded up in the draft to get more weapons on other offense or defense, whatever they were looking for. So, like, like just from a future-looking standpoint, I have no idea what they're doing. None. This makes no, no sense. Like... It's one thing to say that that their 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 picks are bad or reaches, and I'm sure that they are because I don't like Gettleman at all as a GM. But it's 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 also just the way that they're operating as a football franchise that just shouts of we are lost, lost. They look like a batter who is in a slump, like a big ofer, and they can't figure it out at the plate, like. Like, this is a mess. This is an app. Like, at least when Cleveland was fucking up in the draft every year, you got what they were going for, you know? They had a plan and they stuck with it. Yeah, and, like, things didn't pan out. Like, Manziel didn't pan out. And, like, you probably could have called Manziel not panning out. But, like, taking a QB first overall still made sense. You know, like, positionally, it was still the right thing to do. The guy Mm -hmm. was the wrong guy, but... There was a there was a logic there. This is just fucking ass, man. And I keep I, I I really I feel bad for Daniel Jones. He didn't ask for this, but I just don't I just don't get how you can possibly justify taking that man at that spot. I I don't like, know. Go ahead. Like I said, in, well, like I was just going to go off on that if you wanted to finish your thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Go go right uh, ahead. I mean, I said this in the previous episode. If you took Daniel Jones at 17, or if you traded back into the first later on to take him there, this would be completely different. This He would have had much less pressure on him to succeed. I think that would have allowed him to have a higher chance of succeeding without that kind of pressure on him, especially with New York media. Um, I don't think people would nearly be asking uh, the same amount from him, um, especially with how angry these Giants fans are that he even went there in the first place. 
and you could have gotten significantly better players at 6 and 17 if you did so, um, depending on how they played this. I just don't know how you can justify taking such a reach at 6 when there was arguably better options and no one else, every single rumor coming out of this except out of the Giants front office is that no one else wanted Daniel Jones. It was just the Giants. And Who that do you was their think, excuse for why they traded up. Or not traded yeah, up, that, they took him there. Yeah, I, I, I am honestly shocked that the Giants are even trying to create a reason for drafting him and just instead of just saying we this liked him, suck it up. Yeah, yeah, like why even make this shit up? If but Gettleman me, came out and was like, This is in our opinion, and everyone here's opinion that this is the best quarterback in the draft, we would have been like, all right, you may be dumb, but you stuck with your guns and got the guy who you thought would be the best. Not just, eh, we didn't want someone else to have him, so we had to take him there. Who do you th- who 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 was a better prospect, um, Daniel Jones or Patrick Mahomes? Because oh, I remember Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is by so much. Yeah, because I know Mahomes was, was was written off, not written off, but 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 um, tagged as being like a rather raw prospect and yeah, like a system all that type deal. Yeah, um, but and Mahomes was taken twelfth, um, in his 12th draft or fifteenth, something like that. I can look it up. Yeah, um, go ahead, but but regardless, out of the top ten, and now I know he just won the MVP, 10. so. Oh wow! Okay, so just the top ten. Yes. Um. So I know he just won MVP, and that's going to shade it as being like a you know hindsight twenty twenty kind of deal. Right. But the, what I'm trying to say is that like like there's plenty of success to be had in quarterbacks taken later, and I I and not every team is going to see what you see in a guy. This screams of panic. This just screams of panic. That's mm-hmm. all it seemed is that they seemed like like it's almost like they expected someone to draft Dwayne Haskins ahead of them, and then no one did, and then they just like had Daniel Jones's name written in the card, like like they really thought that like whoever the fuck had pick five because I forget already was like gonna take Dwayne Haskins or the skins were gonna jump him to take Dwayne oh, Haskins, gosh. and then no one just ever did, and Daniel Jones just like appeared into out of the ether onto like their. Their their card submitted to, to to Goodell and now he's just on their team, and they've just been trying to like justify this huge mental lapse because they just freaked the fuck out on the clock and couldn't figure it out. Like it it's I don't get it. it's mind boggling. It's absolutely mind boggling because also if they really wanted him, they could have traded up from seventeen if they really felt mm-hmm. that strongly instead of using number six. That's the thing that pisses me off. It's it's that it's number six. That 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 top ten. Like that is supposed to be premier talent, not a guy you think it might work out. Premier talent. It's not Daniel Jones. It's not. Um, let's see it. Uh, tw- let me look up the 2018 draft class too, just to give you guys an idea of where I would have ranked um, Daniel Jones amongst his peers. Uh, so he would have been behind all five of the first round quarterbacks last year, um, and then in twenty seventeen, uh, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, uh, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Okay. And then in twenty sixteen, I would have had him ranked behind 
Patrick Mahomes, past Mitchell Trubisky, past Deshaun Watson, and honestly, probably probably behind Deshaun Kaiser as well. He, he would have been ranked ahead of Davis Webb, though, so there's that. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm glad the Giants are slowly progressing upwards. Um, yeah, I just yeah. am... Uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm still floored by honesty. I probably would have had him ranked with a similar grade to like Mason Rudolph last year, or two years ago. No, last year. And Mason um, Rudolph was um, was he the ranks. very? Okay, okay. I was going to ask end of the the the, the second or, yeah, or he was, of the, he was third. the end of the third round. It's just it's just shocking, gross incompetence. And and I understand that like if Daniel Jones ends up working out phenomenally, we'll eat these words, and I'm okay with that possibility coming back to haunt us, because if it does work out, it's not going to be cut be because in my mind, like this was an obvious call. It's going to be because the Giants actually managed to do something well in the development front. Um, it's it's still a risk. I'm willing to bet that the percent chance that it works out is uh, significantly smaller than the percent chance that it doesn't. And uh, I'm I'm more than comfortable with eating my words if he's wrong. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this this shit show of a draft from the Giants? Um, not yet. I'm sure I will. As more and more information about his oh ability strikeout. Strikeout number one of the game, number 2,998. <laughs> god damn it, I love you, CC. Fuck. All right. Oh, God, I, I, I'm... How does he look so calm? How do pitchers do it, man? How do pitchers always look so calm? Fuck. All right. God damn it. All right. <laughs> oh. should, we, should, we, should we move on to the next thing we had? Um, before you do, do you have like a general idea of who the quarterbacks drafted in the past couple rounds were or in the past couple years were? You mean like that are like starting or like top talent QBs drafted in the past like two years? They don't have to be starting or not. Past two years. Um, I don't know if you want to call Josh Allen top talent, but he's there. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, um, Josh Rosen, um, who else has been drafted recently? Oh, Patrick Mahomes. I know we we said already. Um, trying to think of some more, but I, I I'm moving too slow upstairs to really get there. Why? What you driving at? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I was just looking at at my ranking from the past couple of years uh, and my grades for everybody, and just kind of putting together a consensus top. They're not numbered, but like top twelve or so. Uh, from like the combined quarterback classes of the last three years, if you want to just hear it, figured why not give a little comparison. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, so starting at one and going down to eleven, um, in order of how I would have graded these players, uh, at number one, Pat Mahomes. I'm sorry, at number one, Josh Rosen, then Pat Mahomes, Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield, Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph, and Daniel Jones. Oh, my God. 
Sorry, CeCe just got squeezed on the pitch. That would have been strike three. <laughs> he, like, walked off the mound. Gary walked away from the batter's box. It was, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I have the game on, but I'm at, like, a 30-second delay behind you. That's okay. That's okay. As long as you're not ahead of me, so you can't react before me. Um, I'll be really upset if you right. spoil it for me. <laughs> who is who is batting right now? Chris, Christian Walker. Okay, did he just hit a pop-up? No, you see you're ahead of me. Okay, so I will keep my mouth shut then. I do know what pitch you were talking about then, because I remember seeing it, and you know. Anyway, Corwin. Yes, I'm right here. You want to keep going with your list, there, bud? No, that was the list. That was all eleven. Oh, that was the end. Yeah. Oh, sorry. All right, I'll have to. My bad. My bad. I got wrapped up in what I was watching. Who is who is the last name? Corwin? Yeah, I'm here. Hold on. Who was who the last name you read? It was number Daniel 11. Daniel Jones. Who was right ahead of him? Mason Rudolph. Well, they're kind of tied, but... Okay. Where were, where were we going? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Where were we going with this? Steve uh, Wright 3! Yep, That's right. That's my <laughs> fucking guy. That's what I'm talking about. 2999! I saw it, and I knew you hadn't seen it yet, so I just went quiet, hoping you would drift off and start watching TV and see it. <laughs> god damn it, that's right. Oh, god fucking damn it. Oh, my god. All right, all right, we're back. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm literally sweating right now. Oh, uh, I love it. Oh, my god. Wow. All right. All right, what, what were we saying? <laughs> Strike just one! Gave- I just gave my basically top 11 from the past three years in quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is not very high. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not going to so be good. I think, so he's my 11th ranked QB over the past three years. Uh, and Trubisky, Darnold, Mayfield are the only three guys who were drafted ahead of him. Let me let That's me ask you this. I'm going to ask you a multiple choice question. What do you think is more likely that next year, so not not the 2019 season that starts in a few months, but the 2020 season, um, option A, uh, uh, Daniel Jones starts for the New York Giants, option okay. B, Elijah Manning starts for the New York Giants, or option C, the Giants trade for or um, somehow other acquire a different starting quarterback? Um, I think the highest chance is Daniel Jones. I think the best chance would be drafting somebody next year, but they're not going to do that. So, I mean, next year's draft class is, um, it's going to be legendary. It like, it's going to put this last year's to shame. Um, and there's so many just top end guys that they could get in the top 10 next year which is where they're going to land because their team is not good. Um, I think they'd be better off just biting the bullet on the fact that Daniel Jones isn't what they hoped he was and just draft a guy next year. But that won't happen because why would it? Yeah, I think it's going to also be dependent upon the GM situation. I could actually see a combination of like the three. Like If they have a different GM, I could see the GM picking up 
a veteran QB just in case, kind of like like a, a, a Jets Josh McCown situation, um, and then also drafting another quarterback. Like if it's not a Dave Gettleman, like if it, like if, if it's if it's a new GM, um, why not? You know, mm-hmm. like if you kinda think like you what need it with the Cardinals this year, right? Um, I could even see them taking Jones and new QB into camp to to fight it out. Although it's probably more likely right. one of the three of them get traded before camp. Um, so I think that it's an interesting question because all three are actually rather likely, or at least far from being um out too out there to to actually happen. So. It'll be an interesting conversation for the Giants in a, in, a, in, a, in a few months, honestly, when the season gets going and we see how they're actually performing. But you ready to move on? Yeah. I mean, just to say, like, there's going to be probably at the very least four quarterbacks taken in the top ten next year. Um, they're going to be drafting early in that top ten, and I just think that that's got to be the, when they take – if they take another quarterback, they got to do it then because – that's the year to do it and the spot to do it in. I feel you. All right. So I'm ready to move on. Let's go over to this little spreadsheet guy, and uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, teams that were, were worst teams in, in some areas and just to see how they drafted. So let's start with the offense. Um, Corwin, give me a metric that you think is important. Points for Points four. So the team with those sports smallest to largest here. Ah, what a surprise. The team with the fewest points four was the Arizona Cardinals with 225 over the course of the season. Uh, second was the Jacksonville Jaguars and third was the Buffalo Bills. And we'll keep it at three to make things um, to keep things time sensitive. So the Arizona Cardinals draft we went over uh, before. Let's just go through. Um, their offensive gains real quick and see what uh, – let me get your opinion on how much of an impact you think these players will be to their offense. Kyler gotcha. Murray, quarterback. Oh, fucking hell, I hate the NFL's website. Um, Andy Isabella, wide receiver. Hakeem Butler, wide receiver. Keysan Johnson, wide receiver. Uh Kisan Johnson and then Caleb Wilson type end. These guys were drafted all over the place. What do you th- do? You think that that these accumulation of people will aid in a significant fashion this less than potent offense? I think their biggest acquisition is none of those guys. I think it's going to end up being Cliff Kingsbury at head coach. Um, he's going to be, you know, as soon as he comes in, he's going to be one of the best offensive minds in football. I think he's going to be the biggest difference maker for them. Obviously, having Kyler Murray run things uh, should at least help them quite a bit. Um, I mean... Strike three! That's fucking right! That's fucking right! That's fucking right! God fucking damn it! Oh my god! Three thousand! Oh my god! He fucking did it! Oh, he, he fucking did it! Oh, he fucking did it! He fucking did it, man! Wow! Oh my god! Oh my god! He fucking did it, man! Oh! Oh, the game has stopped. The crowd's going wild, man. They're bringing his family on the field. He fucking did it! Oh my god, man! 
Couldn't happen to a better fucking guy, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. He did it. He did fucking from, did it. Are they pulling him from the game? Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're just giving him high fives and hugs. He'll definitely come out to finish up uh, the, 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 the game, but... <laughs> oh was that God, to uh, was that to end the inning? Uh, um, I I honestly I think it was yeah. Okay, that um, makes more sense. Yeah, holy shit, man, he did oh, it. Shit. He Guess did it first up the bat. He CC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just can't <laughs> believe. I've I I'm so proud, man. I'm so fucking proud. I'm <laughs> so fucking proud of him. He has earned this in every way. He's a stand-up dude, heart and soul of the Yankees these last 10 years along with Gardner. I just, I love this man so much. He's the reason I'm going to Kansas City the next month. I, I mean, I love this man. I can't believe he, I can believe it, but he fucking did it, man. He fucking did it. <laughs> he fucking did it, man. Oh my god, 3,000 strikeouts, man. He fucking did it. Josh, wow. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you uh, were able to watch this. I, I... It's a big moment yeah. for you. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's... We might not see this again. Verlander's got a shot, but uh, nothing's guaranteed in life. This, uh, this could be the last one for a while. And, uh... Wow, it just couldn't have happened to a better guy. I, wow, wow, <laughs> wow, wow, man. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm at a loss for words, man. Fuck. He did it. He fucking nice. did it. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, what were we even saying? Wow, oh my god, no what idea. were we saying? Oh, you're, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, now, yeah, that's Now that's put on fair. the Toronto game so that uh, you can see Vladdy hit his first home run. I want to see CeCe hit a home run, so I'm going to stay here. <laughs> CeCe does have a, uh, he does have a higher career OPS than our current starting third baseman, so uh, he's got a yes. shot. Yeah, Tyler Wade's not good at baseball. Anyway, oh man, I'm reeling right now. Um, yeah, I mean you're right. We mentioned it a bunch of times. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a, a bigger change than anything the Cardinals could have done outside of some lunat, you know, lunatic trades like acquiring fucking Aaron Rodgers or some shit. So that that's fair. From the draft, though, I mean, do you see any huge? improvements that are going to lead to more points for for the Cardinals um, I mean Isabella and I think it w what was it Butler um, I think they're going to make the biggest impacts just having good wide receivers outside of uh, you know Larry Fitzgerald is going to be big I mean David Johnson's already there um, but we'll see you know I don't know how much of a jump they're going to make but they're definitely going to make a big one all right, so the next team on this list was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a mere 245 points for last season on offense. Their offensive draft picks in the third round. It's funny, CC Sebastian just struck out, so now it's almost like he has 301 strikeouts. <laughs> 3,000, 3,001. I'm going to correct myself now. Um, they drafted Josh Oliver, tight end, in the third round. 
They drafted Raquel, Raquel Armstead, running back in the fifth round. They drafted Gardner Minshew, quarterback in the sixth round. Um, this doesn't seem like a lot. No, I don't like any of those picks. Um, I don't think Gardner Minshew is anything more than just a QB room QB. Um, he's got the smarts, but, man, he has the arm power of, well, me, um, which is not a lot. I don't think any of those guys are really going to make an impact at all. Uh, I think this is just going to have to come down to Nick Foles and seeing if he can continue his his turnaround since being in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, I, 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 we've talked about this too. I mean, we've talked a lot about football these past few weeks, so it's no surprise that these they keep showing replays, and I keep, oh God, I love UCC. Um, so we've had a couple like like repetitious points here, but yeah, the 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 Jaguars are kind of a conundrum. It's tough to say what their issue has been this past like you know, from two years ago to last year. Um, Definitely not Nick, portals. Yeah, uh, not at all. So <laughs> we'll we'll see if I like him too. But I mean, they they were they were right to move on from him. So yeah, we'll see if too. Foles can actually bring a spark to that team. If not, turn them around to some degree. Um, it, I doubt their issue is going to be solely on offense. So it doesn't, I guess, mm-hmm. matter too too much. But let's jump to the number three team here that showed the Bills. They scored 269 points last season, which is not a, a lot. Um, offensive weapons that they drafted, Devin Singletary, running back, picked up in the third round. Also the third round, Dawson Knox, tight end. And um, in the seventh round, Tommy Sweeney, also a tight end. Yeah, I mean... There's just not much there as far as tight ends are concerned that really just strike fear in any opponents. I actually am a big fan of Devin Singletary. I think you could chalk him in as being, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, what team? Bills running back. LaShawn McCoy? McCoy. Yeah, I think you could chalk him in as being his replacement uh, probably this year. Uh, especially since he's already thrown out endgame spoilers. I think they're going to cut him real quick. Um, But, yeah, I think Singletary is really the only major addition to this team, which is a shame because they do not have a lot of uh, skill position talent on offense uh, surrounding Josh Allen. Zay Jones cannot be your best wide receiver. No, he he can't. I just saw something shocking, so I'm going to do a hard pivot. Um, I – I I sorted the table by by touchdowns. Oh, that's turnovers. Oh my god, that makes so much more sense. Fuck. Wow. Okay, I was confused because uh, I saw that the Seahawks had eleven what I thought said touchdowns, and I was like, no fucking way, no fucking way. They went an entire season only scoring eleven touchdowns. Um, all right. What? Give Give me um one more offensive stat, and then we'll jump over to the defensive side of the ball that you like to sort by. Um, let's do touchdowns. Why not? Well, I can't find total touchdowns. I can only see a breakdown between um, passing or rushing. Well, we Unless can make it. You we can make it. our own. Yeah, we could just do basic addition. I I guess equals that guy plus that guy. Go all the way down. All right, the few, 
What a surprising bottom three here. Uh, the fewest touchdowns scored, a mere 22 by the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24 by the Arizona Cardinals, and then there's a three-way tie for 28 featuring the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, tied with the Buffalo Bills at 28 are the Oakland Raiders and Washington Redskins. I mean, honestly, Corbin, those two teams then. <laughs> yeah, well, since since we picked points four, I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with touchdowns as a, as a total. Yeah, so that true. shouldn't have been a huge surprise on our part. So let's no. go with yards instead, um, just to make it different. Um, I feel like we might have to pick. Fucking hell, man. We might have to jump to defense because I just yeah. sorted by by yards, and the bottom three are the Arizona Cardinals, the Miami Dolphins. They we haven't said them yet, and the Buffalo Bills. And then number four is um, the New York Jets. Do you think we could find out the correlation coefficient between those three different uh, statistics? I don't want to do that to much do. more math right yeah, now. But it, but it'd be a stat thing. It wouldn't be fun, but you know. We could do it. Let's save that for a different day, because I don't want to. Or never. All right, give me um, a defense stat that you like, like you would like to sort by. Interceptions. Interceptions. Okay. INTs sort smallest to largest. What? Everything just changed. Where'd it go? Okay. No way. The Cardinals. The Cardinals <laughs> only had two. Oh, sorry. No, the, the oh, Niners. Sorry. Niners only had two. Okay. Wow. Right. Wow. I Have uh, we talked about that be... before? What? That the that the that the 49ers only had two interceptions all of last season? Uh no, but that's got to be better somehow. Wow. I I Like how does one not even happen by accident like a tip up, you know what I mean? Like You know Wow. I don't know. That is um <laughs> fucking bad. Holy shit. J- Jesus. Uh, Th- like this is wild even looking at the teams that uh or the players that they have in their secondary. They I mean, allowed they have... 35 passing touchdowns and only got two pass uh intercept oh, passes intercepted. Shucks. That's yeah, that. wow, that's yeah. awful. So let's go through the defensive side of their draft, which is which is they picked they picked Nothing. a punter One in the fourth round. Yeah, that's shocking. Utah, whose last name is Gay. Uh, wow. Okay. Um yeah. so they drafted Nick Bosa defensive end with the second overall pick. They also drafted Dre Greenlaw linebacker in the fifth round. Um and cornerback Tim Harris in the sixth round. Obviously, Nick Bosa is a big game changer. What do you think about the other ones? Yeah. I mean, specifically I in regard think... to this um specifically in regard to um, uh, interceptions, if 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 you can. Yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa might have two interceptions by himself next year, just being able to bat down passes and pick them up. Um, but I mean, him and Drew Greenlaw are not players who I would ever expect to. Uh, provide any sort of interception consistency. Tim Harris, a sixth-round cornerback, uh, is not going to be doing much for them. Um, but, I mean, they still have Richard Sherman. They have Jimmy Ward. They have Akella Willerspoon. They have Jason Verrett. They have guys who can go after and pick off the ball. I think this just comes down to interceptions being a, a weird stat with not a lot of carryover season to season. Um, and I think that's just luck of the draw at this point. 
so just sorry, really quick aside. I I wasn't paying attention enough to to notice um who CC Sabathia struck out, but um for his three thousand strikeout, and then and it was John Ryan Murphy, and that's really funny for me. <laughs> um, for anyone Boy. who does not know, John Ryan Murphy was uh, a catcher. Is a catcher. He's still alive and plays catcher. Um, that the Yankees traded to the Diamondbacks in exchange for Aaron Hicks. And um, <laughs> um, Aaron Hicks is really good at baseball, and John Ryan Murphy can barely play it. So yeah, that's not. So that is as as we in the Jewish community would say, that is kismet. That is uh, that is just beautiful, and I, I love it. Um, what was your conclusion? <laughs> Sorry. Um. None of the players in their draft are going to do anything, but the talent that they do have in their defensive backfield is going to – there's just no way that's such a stat that could you know be consistent year to year. They're just going to get better on their own this year. All right, that, that, that's fair. Um, the next is, uh, fewest interception is a three-way tie between the <laughs> shocking Arizona Cardinals on this list. As well as the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions, each that have seven. Uh, let's just take a peek at those three guys, those three teams' drafts, and you know maybe we can we can just kind of move on from there, unless we want to find a new defensive metric to judge by. Uh, but let's start with let's start with the Cardinals just to get them out of the way. We talked about them plenty. Mm-hmm. Might as well just talk about them again. So their defensive draft picks: the second round they drafted cornerback Byron Murphy. Uh, in the third round, they drafted defensive end Zachary Allen. In the fifth round, they drafted safety Delonte Thompson. Um, and in the seventh Deontay. round, they dra- no, there's an L in there. No, it's an I. That's an I. Yeah. Oh, dude, I I've had several one of the, uh, several of those um, with the NFL's website because the the font's really weird, it's and it seems brutal. like capital letters are just looked at. It doesn't matter. Anyway, and um, seventh round pick Michael uh, Dogbe, so defensive end. Uh, in regards to interceptions, uh, I mean their first pick there on the on the defensive side was a cornerback, in Byron Murphy. Is he good? Uh, yeah, he's the best corner I had on my board. If you were listening to the rest of what I had to say tonight, um, I think he'll do phenomenally across from Patrick Peterson. Uh, Deontay Thompson isn't going to be a ball hawk for them, but when he's comparing, you know, when he's going up against uh, trying to beat out DJ Swearinger, uh, I think he's going to definitely get some playing time, maybe be able to add to that interception total a little bit. Um, and then Buda Baker, I think, is going to, you know, continue to put up turnover numbers if uh, he keeps playing. So, again, like the uh, 49ers, I think this is something that they can work out on their own and not just necessarily rely on their rookies. They have talent in that defensive backfield. All right, then let's just jump over to the the Detroit Lions. Um, they Detroit in the for the defensive team. side of the ball, they drafted in the second round uh, linebacker Jelani Taval. They drafted in the third round safety Will Harris. They drafted in the fourth round Austin Bryan, defensive end. They drafted in the fifth round cornerback Amani. Oh, I didn't realize Amani. Aru Warlie? Very oh, close. Aru Warlie? Amani Oruwarie. Oh, oh, I misspelled. Uh, Warli- oh, Fucking hell. Moving on. Josh, you've seen this man get an interception. I have? 
Oh, yeah, he's, at Penn Penn State he's a Penn Stater. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, PJ Johnson, which is a wow. That's white. Um, what a what a what a difference maker between Amani Oruwarie and PJ Johnson. Pajamas Johnson, uh, defensive yeah. tackle. Um, yeah. What do you What do you think in in regards to the defense as a whole? In regards to this piss poor accumulation of interceptions. I mean, honestly, uh, out of these defensive backs, I don't know a lot about Will Harris. I did not spend any time uh, scouting him, so I can't really say much about his skill. I will say Amani Arawarie uh, absolutely should have gone in the second round. Uh, that is not my bias talking. Uh, he has excellent size, is an excellent press corner. Uh, that's just going to be a day one starter for them in Detroit. Um he led Penn State in interceptions last year. He has just tremendous size to go up and high point the ball against bigger receivers. Um, him and Darius Slay uh, and Tease Tabor, they're they're going to be fine with turnovers next year. Um, Tease Tabor isn't the greatest player, um, definitely not the most athletic. I think once Darius Slay has uh, a corner with the kind of talent that Oruwariye does. Um, I think that's actually going to be a very nice one-two punch that they have in Detroit. Um, it, just real quick, in regards to uh, Jelani Tavall, the linebacker that they selected, yes. do you know anything about him? Like, do you know if if he could be, um, like like how he is in coverage? Um, it's Jelani Tavai again. That's just an odd oh, are you serious? NFL, yeah. I like I feel bad, but like the the. Why is it not like I with a dot? Like, oh God! Oh, wait, all it's the eyes. None of the eyes have 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 the dot. That's so stupid. It's very dumb. Very very dumb. Oh my God! I feel like an idiot. All right, keep going. Um, he's gonna be a middle linebacker for them. Uh, he's not really gonna be asked to cover at all. Um, he's basically just gonna be a just gap plugger. Um. He's very athletic. He was definitely a major dark horse in the draft community uh, as the draft got close. A lot of people said that they took him way too high, but um, I actually think he will surprise a lot of people, hopefully uh, without athleticism, but I don't think he's going to be contributing much to turnovers. All right, that, that's fair. I was just asking because it seems like to the first-round pick was it was a tight end, which is uh, – has been a position of need for them for a while because even when they had Ebron, he wasn't performing to the level that they wanted him to be. Um, so that makes sense for their first round pick. But then the next four picks straight were defensive picks. So it seems as though the uh, Lions are also viewing uh, whether it's the defensive side of their game as a whole or possibly in particular the um, interceptions we've already referenced as being a priority for them in this draft. So. I mean, that is kind of cool to see, just so outright, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I hope they turn around. Matthew Stafford is, that offense will be fine. Um, I mean, Kenny Gallat, Kenny Gallat, I can't say his last fucking name. I've never been able to. Kenny Galladay, we'll go with that. Uh, Marvin Jones. uh, Wait, is that not how you're supposed to say it? Is Galladay not right? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Genuinely don't know. Uh, and carry on Johnson. Uh, that offense will be fine. Um, defense, 
wasn't great last year. So hopefully this is the start of them turning turning it around. Um, I mean, they even picked up Snack Harrison. I'm assuming I think that I forgot about that. Yeah, um, they did. So yeah, this is this will be a good defense. I mean, they basically have uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide defensive line um, with Deshaun Hand and Ashawn Robinson there already. Um, but you know what? It's uh, it'll be a much better defense, I think, in my opinion. I think you're right. Um, and and if it's not, it definitely won't be for lack of trying. Yeah, they clearly seem to be on it in terms of wanting to to patch things up really quick before we move on to the Packers. I just got an, uh, an email from the New York Yankees, <laughs> and they, you know how like the Yankees like to like um throw in a like a, a, a Jeter's respect where the S was replaced with a with a with a with the number two. Yeah. And I don't like to do those kinds of things. All right, so what do what do you think CC's word is? Uh is it KK for outs? Is no. CC. It's not. That's an interesting thought, but no. Uh CC Sabathia. I don't know. It's really bad. You ready? Yeah. It's legacy, but with two C's that are both capital. So it's uh, L E G A capital C C Y. <laughs> can you send me a picture of it? Because it sounds terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Uh, oh my gosh, there's a whole list. They have a whole list. There's consistency, ferocity, perseverance, tenacity, excellence. Class with two C's. Oh, that's funny. But it's hashtag CC. I'll I'll just forward you this whole email. It's gorgeous. Yeah, please do. Please. Wow, do. that is that is fucking. I love you, CC, and I love the Yankees. And this hokey shit honestly is super endearing for me as a fan. But it is some hokey ass shit. It has been forwarded. Um, do you want to look at it first, or do you want to you want to roll into yeah, the? I'll, uh, just, I'll just pull it up. Yeah, go ahead. As we're talking. Go ahead. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. I love it so much. Uh, oh, that's going to be now. Oh, you're right. They gave us a full list. Consistency, ferocity, perseverance, tenacity, excellence. It's so funny. It's even more impressive when you do it with class. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, God. This is bad. But, like, the best kind of bad. Like, it's so uh, fucking... It's like old man, but endearing, you know? Yeah, like this looks like it's going to be an email forward for the next, you know, two, three weeks. Oh, for sure it is. I can't wait to see it on Twitter. Any, anyway, let's get into the Packers. They're the last team we're going to talk about. Um, so they finished also tied in uh, fewest interceptions with seventh for the seven, I should say, for the second fewest in all of um, the NFL last season. Their defensive draft picks in the first round. They drafted defensive end Rashawn Gary in the second. They're also in the first round. They drafted safety Darnell Savage. In the fifth round, they drafted defensive end Kingsley Kiki. It's actually Kiki? Darnay Savage. Those are two eyes. I swear to God, are you fucking with me? I am fucking with you. <laughs> All right. Jesus fucking Christ. I like, The thing is, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, anyway. Darnay is not a wild name, you know. No, it actually sounds kind of nice. Anyway, um, they in the sixth round they drafted Kadar Holman, cornerback, 
And in the oh no yeah, and in the seventh round they drafted linebacker Ty Summers. Um, uh, so what do you think about this? Um, this is honestly one of my favorite uh, fresh young defensive backfields uh, in the NFL. Um, Darnell Savage will be a day one starter for them. Absolute missile of a player. Um, very much lives up to his name. Uh, to play safety next to Adrian Amos, who was an offseason addition for them. And their cornerbacks, uh, not to mention the six-rounder they got this year that I don't care about in the least, uh, they drafted Jair, Jair Alexander in the first round last year, Josh Jackson in the second round last year, and Kevin King in the second round in 2017. Um, all of these guys, well, at least Josh Jackson and Kevin King, are just big press corners. Uh, Jair Alexander is a bit more of a speed guy. Uh, I think as they continue to develop, I mean, it's only their going to be their first and second seasons in the league. These three easily could become the best cornerback trio of any team in the NFL. And Savage and Amos holding up to the safety positions. Uh, both are very strong candidates to be uh, very, very good this year. So I really like this Green Bay defensive backfield. Yeah, positionally, because again, I just don't know the players that well. This seems to flow super fucking well. What do you think about them using using their, their first pick on a defensive end? Um, I like it. I mean, Rashawn Gary is the kind of guy who has the uh, positional flexibility to play anywhere along that line. Um, I mean, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Preston Smith, they have some really good players along that line. Uh, Rashawn Gary is going to be able to move anywhere and play any single one of those positions. Uh, most likely going to start off at defensive end, uh, filling in for Zadarius Smith. Um, but this is going to be a very good uh, team. Uh, next year defensive wise if they really do live up to their potential which is asking a lot but regardless well they new head coach so you know still plenty plenty of hope for it on on that front mccarthy was kind of uh yeah that's true uh bad there at the end uh i like the fact that defensive coordinator so he'll definitely uh, get the most out of these guys Beautiful. I, I I would like to see a more complete green bay team since their offense is so much fun to watch um, I like the fact that they took a defensive end, uh, even though I don't know who Rashawn Gary is, because again, I don't know college football players, but it, it is I, very, very important to get to the quarterback if you want to have him make poorer decisions, and um, it's just the defense is just something that the Packers have just not had recently, so to see them understanding that they need a, a complete defensive unit and trying to address some of the most important positions on it seems to be exactly what you would want and expect if you were a Green Bay Packers fan. So uh, right on for them. And then it all seems to, unlike the Giants, this shit seems to make some fucking sense. So there's my shit on the Giants for, for once again, rearing its head. Uh, honestly, I, Corwin, I could straight up sit here and like go through different offensive and defensive stats and sort through them and see what teams drafted like all day. Like this is honestly super oh, interesting that. for me. Like I'm really digging this. Honestly, I would be surprised if we don't do that when I get back from school. That sounds yeah, like a because, very us thing to do on the weekend. Yeah, because because honestly like like it, if you want to see what a positional need truly is outside of what a a a a team's fan is going to tell you, 
I mean, this is kind of the way to do it, you know? You just you got to look player by player and see what they got. Player by player, stat by stat, and really, you know, mm-hmm. try to nail down. Because not only that, it's like, you know, if you see... Um, uh, l- l- let's pick a let's pick a random ass team here. The Bears. Let's the say Bears. that the Bears. Let you know, let's say that uh, 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 David Montgomery, the running back, they picked in uh, oh round three. They didn't have a first round pick. Let's pick a team that had a first round pick. I forgot that they did not have a first round pick. Let's look at the no, Colts. They got Khalil Mack instead. The Colts didn't have a first round pick either. Nope. Fuck! Did they anyone have first? No, Anyone have first round fact, picks? Uh, there was only three or four first round picks at all this season. This the Miami this? Dolphins. Uh, Miami Dolphins. Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle out of Clemson, pick their team. Like, let's say that, like, you know, they had a bigger need. Like, quarterback's probably a bigger need from them in the long run. Not now since they draft, since they um, traded for Josh Rosen, but at the time of, of the first round when that hadn't happened yet. I think it's pretty safe to say that quarterback was a bigger problem than them for them than a defensive lineman was, but I'm sure that they have this same kind of information. Well, I'm sure that they have significantly more detailed information about which metrics they felt they were deficient in, where those positions, which positions would aid them the most in improving them, and then which players on the draft board best fit that seeming to be missing uh, piece or link or what have you. And and so once they saw that, like quarterback was not going to be an option, which was again addressed later. You can jump down and see what else is there, and then make a BPA decision based on that. And I think that's probably what goes on. You know, I'm with you 100. percent That's why I like. Uh, I was just looking through different draft classes. That's why I like Atlanta so much. They clearly saw that the right side of their offensive line was. Um, you know, wasn't living up to what it should be, and they want to be able to have more uh, room for Devonta Freeman to run. What do you do? You go draft two right offensive, right side offensive linemen in the first round. Fix that problem up real quick. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think this kind of shit is super interesting. Um, and as much as, yeah, as fucking hell. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Uh, and we, although we had a little bit more planned to talk about today, we're we're running long, and we want to make sure we have um, enough storage to get us through the month because we've been cutting it super close recently. So, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna just wrap it up here. Uh, thank you for listening to my 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 shouting about Karsten Charles Sabathia and the the wonderful human <laughs> being that he is as he accumulates more strikeouts and love in my heart. <laughs> um, Love it. Yeah. Any final thoughts from you, Corwin? I'm good to go. All right. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. It's Juicing P O D. If you want to uh, hit us up via email, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to check out our website, you can do so at juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com slash website. And until Monday, y'all have a good one.